Bold dreams held loosely. Create a dream. Hold it vividly in your mind's eye. Get clear on who you are being in the vision. Become, embody, arrive, despite current circumstances. One foot in front of the other, let your knowing guide the way. One next best step at a time. Keep envisioning the dream, but be careful not to smother it. Be careful not to become rigid in pursuit of it. When the path before you unfolds differently than how you imagined it would, look down at your knuckles. Are they gripping, grasping, clenched? When you fail after giving it your all, are you blaming, shaming, or wanting to give up? This is your cue to release your grip. Surrender. Get out of your way. Let go of your agenda. And let the wisdom of life show you the way forward. Bold dreams held loosely. Become, embody, arrive, despite current circumstances. Thanks for that reminder. Yeah. I thought I knew it. Hearing it was nice. It is. Every time I read that, I wrote that in a very inspired state. And every time I read that, it reconnects me to the energy that is needed to create a bold dream and to pursue it in a way that is not um, hard and harsh and fixed and rigid. And um, it's, it's like, to me, this is, the, this is the magic ingredient of creating a dream, like having this vision for your life and at the same time, being so present and grateful for what's here right now, like how the path is unfolding. That's what that represents to me. And it's not this fixed state, right? It's like, I, I read that and I'm like re- reminded of the energy that's required in a, in a, in a bold dream held loosely. Mm. Yeah. You reading that made me feel like, oh, that's right. Yeah. This is the energy. It just brings you back to the energy. And that really is the intention of this podcast. Mm. We, um, we are uh, faculty members of the Mind Rebel Academy, which is a world-class coach training organization. We are an ICF-accredited coach training organization, and we train and support coaches all over the world um, and, and really equip them with the skills and the tools uh, to become world-class coaches. And so part of our work, Michelle, as faculty members is that we, we need to do our own work. We need to like walk the talk and do our own work in order to show up for our students, in order to show up for our lives. And so we have these like incredibly deep, meaningful conversations and we wanted to just bring these conversations to a podcast we wanted to bring it here to show people what it looks like to have really big bold dreams for your life and to choice by choice and step by step align yourself to that dream without without becoming rigid in pursuit of it right and Mm -hmm. so 
we wanted to just like really embody that and, and bring this conversation to this podcast. And that's the intention behind this podcast. Hmm. Yeah. Michelle. Okay. So Michelle is a senior mentor coach with the MRA. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. I want to tell people a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was asked by our lovely Mandy behind the camera yeah, to our producer Mandy <laughs> to also like state my credentials, right. which I will do. I'm a PCC certified coach, senior mentor coach at the Mind Rebel Academy. Um, but really and truly, I am a recluse who lives in the woods, <laughs> who loves her chickens more than anything. And you mentioned the work we do. I laughed because I was like, oh God, do we have a lot of work to do for ourselves? And yeah. we've been in a conversation like that together all morning, the behind the scenes work to find that that beautiful balance point on the path of like heading towards a bold dream. But also you described it so beautifully today of like, but held loosely in mm-hmm. like openness and curiosity and non-attachment and I live for that. It feels so good. It feels yeah. so good. And um, we've been getting to have these conversations with each other and with other Emory members. And um, I'm really excited to share them with the world. How do you feel about Mm -hmm. opening up this private part of our lives and conversations and like, what's your intention in that? People are getting a window into you and us that they've never had before. I feel excited by this. I feel like this, you know, I, I, I feel that these conversations bring so much joy and meaning and alignment to my life. And if, if, if we like bringing these conversations to others, if, if it can help others do the same, like this, this podcast excites me. This excites me. Um, I, I, a little bit about me. So I'm the founder of the Mind Rebel Academy. And we, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, because the Mind Rebel Academy is a bold dream held loosely. Like how this all came to be is a bold dream held loosely. But I, you know, I am like, I am a dual human. I, on one, there's like one part of me that uh, like this dream is so big. <laughs> the dream for my life and my family's life and the impact I want to make in the world. It's so big. And then the other part of me, it wants to be like secluded alone in the woods with my family and just like alone. <laughs> I am just like half, I always say like I am half empire builder, half homemaker. That is who I am. And and so this feels good. I'm not, I don't do well like, um, you know, when I, when I, you know, even like I struggle with sharing pieces of myself on social media. It's just like not my energy just doesn't move that way. My energy moves this way. My energy moves in really deep, meaningful conversations. Um, and if it, if it touches people, then I mean, this is the work. Mm. And really what I want to show is here is like this, I always say I am, there's nothing extraordinary about me. 
I am extraordinarily ordinary, really and truly. I have a dream. Yes, I have. I have, I have like found a process that works. I have found this energy to be able to tap into that works that gets my energy into this place of, um, I was telling you this earlier, it's this like very magical place of receivership. So when I'm on my path towards that vision, I know I'm on the path because I feel open, unattached. I feel really curious. And that helps me to, well, that's the held loosely part. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like that when I'm like gripping and I'm like moving through the world, really fixated on goals and numbers and hard deadlines and like, it's got to be this way. It's like I've etched it out in my mind and it's got to work out this way. What I'm doing that I'm actually on my path and my knuckles are gripping. And and that's like, that's like, that's where my mind wants to go. Mm. I'm not like a flowy person. I feel like you're way more flowy mm. than me. <laughs> that's not, it's not how I'm like hard, hardwired. My mind is extremely risk adverse. I want the whole plan. I will dream big, but I want all the house along the path. I want I want to ri- like mitigate all risks. And that is just not how the path works. Mm. I you know, I will say like the house are none of your business. Mm. Because it's not how the path works. Mm. It's just not. And not not like an enjoyable path anyway. I'm sure you can get there through like grit and like but it, that's like oh that's hard. I don't want to create my dreams from that energy place. Mm. And I can go there easily. I can certainly go there easily. Yeah. I know the Mind Rebel Academy was birthed as a bold dream, held yeah. loosely, and, and so many other things. But like, how did you learn this? The very hard way. <laughs> That's how I learned everything because I'm so stubborn. Mm. Okay, so how did I learn this? Mm, good question. I need a sip of my tea. How did I learn this? Okay, so I think that I've always been a dreamer. I remember, I mean, this dream is is 15 years in the making. Like it's that old and maybe even mm. older. But I remember... Um, I remember being on maternity leave with my with Cooper, my son. And so he he will be 10 this summer. So that was a long time ago. And I had already graduated as a coach. I was working, I was on maternity leave, a a year-long maternity leave with the in Canada. Um, and I so I I had already graduated as a coach, but I was working a corporate nine-to-five job that I was not passionate about and I remember on my I would walk him every single day because (coughs) that is what you do when you have one child and you are on a year-long maternity you go for a lot of walks (laughs) um and I would imagine the vision like it would that I really remember that as being a time as like this incubator for my vision Mm. um I every day I would go on a walk and I would just imagine it I would imagine it I would imagine being a world-class coach with a thriving practice, Mm. 
with a healthy, I mean, the words are just like rolling off my tongue. I am a high, I'm a, a world-class coach with a, um, overflowing roster of clients. I am getting my kids on and off the bus every day. I am my own boss. It was just like this, this dream. It was this picture I was painting. So much of it for me had to do with vocation. Mm. Um, and, and vocation and, and what I was like, and, and that's where I found purpose. That's where I found impact and meaning. It's like I had found coaching. It was the thing I was designed to do. And now how could I make this my job? How could I make this my vocation? And so the vision was like, I would just, I would just like walk and walk and just imagine this and like keep conjuring this up in my mind. And as I'm doing that, I'm also like, I'm really cultivating feelings of gratitude inside of my body, like the feelings of what it would feel like to be living that version of reality today. And, and so that's how it began. That's how it like really, really, the vision really started to get solidified. And part of, and, and what I've realized is that it's like step by step by step the vision would start to get clearer and clearer and it would it, it the it's almost like the puzzle pieces would start to click together when i went back to work after my daughter was born and i went back to this 9 to 5 job it was it was then that i was i was done having children and i I mean, I remember having this like out of body experience in a meeting room where my two babies are at home with the nanny that like 80 for 80% of my paycheck is going to pay for. <laughs> and I'm in this meeting room, like just around a table with these, I worked with the most incredible humans, but I'm around this table with these incredible humans that are so passionate about what they're talking about, what the project that we're working on. And I, it was just like this experience of like, everyone here is passionate except me. Everyone here really cares except me. And now my kids, my babies are at home with the nanny. And it was like, a, it was a moment of drawing the line in the sand. Like this is a moment where it's time to do something about the vision. It's almost like for a couple of years, it was just incubating. You know, I'd done the schooling. I had gotten my credentials. I was coaching here and there on the side. It was time to, it was time. There was a fire. There was, you know, we talk a lot about when you're creating your, your vision, there's like three ingredients that are needed. And it's like an, it's like energy, ingredients of energy, clear, focused, impassioned energy. And that impassioned piece is the is the why mm. and in that moment my why was ignited it was like a fire in my in my belly that was it was a, it was truly i remember it like it was yesterday it was a line in the sand i can't do this anymore um and so i i that that was like i'm going to commit myself to this process. I'm going to commit myself to this vision. I'm going to commit myself to trusting myself, like really listening to the knowing because I believe every single one of us has these 
these whispers of knowing mm-hmm. inside and they sound different. They're, your knowings sound different than my knowings. And when we can tap into our knowings, they, they're, they're telling us something. They're guiding us somewhere. And it's step by step by, and they're anchored steps, aren't they? Mm. They're not like, they're very anchored steps. Like the energy behind them are, are, are solid and they're in integrity and they're anchored. So what I mean by that is that line in the sand moment, even though I, I, I like I'd made the decision in that moment that I'm, I'm going to be a full-time coach. I'm going to do this, right? Um, it's not like I was just like, all right, peace out. I'm out of here because we were not in a financial position to do that. We were, we, we needed my paycheck to be able to pay the bills. And so, but what we did do was we came up with a really solid plan on how to get me there. And so that it was just like step by step by step by step. And I had given myself two years from that line in the sand moment in two years, I will have built my coaching practice up to a point where I've matched my corporate salary and I can leave. And it's like, we have timelines, (laughs) but life has different, on this path of bold dreams held loosely, life has, you're co-creating with something bigger. Mm -hmm. And life has a different timeline. And I got to say, sometimes the timeline timeline is quicker and sometimes it's longer. Mm -hmm. There's no like... (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like, right? Yes. What was this? What did the, you, you said it two yeah. years, but what was the reality? It was nine months, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. And that, that nine months meant something to me because this always felt like my third baby. Mm. It was more than just a job. This, I was like birthing something into the world. And so it was like a nine month period before I exited my corporate job and became a full-time coach. Mm. And I remember leaving that building and that building was like ceiling to floor glass. And uh, that glass represented something to me. Um, I could never, I knew that if I stayed, I could never reach my fullest potential here. There wasn't a role for me. There wasn't um, a space for me to fully self-express who I am. And so that glass always represented this glass ceiling. And I remember leaving the glass building the, the final day and just feeling this feeling of like, I've shattered it. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have shattered the glass ceiling. And, um, and, and something was added to my vision that day. And the, the little nugget that was added to my vision was, I'm going to impact 1 million lives. Hmm. And that's like the day it was that, that little piece of my vision was plugged into my, you know, I have a vision statement. I'm going to impact 1 million lives. And at the time, all I could imagine, all my mind could conceive of was maybe I'm going to write a book one day, or maybe I'm going to speak on stages. And so I'm like, okay, that feels cool. That feels right. So I, as I'm, you know, now coaching my clients and getting my kids on and off the bus every day and like parts of the vision are actually coming to fruition. They're actually happening. And 
And then, you know, I, I start taking baby steps forward. I remember like several days that summer, I went to the beach and like brought my laptop and started writing a book. I was like, oh, this feels so good. Um, but then life had different plans for me. Mm. And so that energy of like back to like bold dreams held loosely, held loosely, held loosely. That's like I have to constantly remind my overactive, high-achieving mind <laughs> to hold it loosely. Mm-hmm. Because had I been so fixated on how I thought we were going to get there, I was going to write the book, I was going to speak on stages, I was going to do all these things, I would have missed the signs that life was starting to whisper to me. Mm-hmm. And it started very subtly. It started where one or two clients after our coaching you know taking them through the mind rebel methodology and taking them through the 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 coaching engagement they would say can you teach me how to do what you just did Mm. so that i can do that for others and my initial instinct was like no i'm a coach i'm not a teacher (laughs) and i i just got this entrepreneurship thing down i am not pivoting like Mm. I feel safe I have a thriving coaching business I am I just made a huge leap I'm not changing anything but the whispers started it was almost like they were too loud to ignore actually that's not even true I was so dedicated to not ignoring them anymore Mm. that I couldn't ignore it and when the whispers started to come in louder and louder it was more, more clients were saying that. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, partners, I would, I would partner with other coaches who hadn't been accredited um, and we would be doing workshops together. And, and, you know, they would say to me after, whatever you're doing, I want to learn from you. If ever you start a coaching program, I'm your first student. And so those were the whispers. Mm. And... So the first thing I did was, okay, I'm like, I'm dedicated to this, this process. I am so dedicated to listening to this process and taking one foot in, in front of the other. And, um, so I decided, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to see, I'm going to see what it would take to create a coaching school. And I'm going to see what it would take to become accredited through the international coaching federation, which, you know, as you know, Michelle is the world's largest governing body for accredited schools and coaches. And, and their their main mission is to uphold the integrity of the profession. And I thought, if I'm going to train coaches, I'm, I am going to do this the best I possibly can. And so I wanted, I wanted this to be accredited through the ICF. And so I contacted the ICF and I said, I am a one woman show. This is where I'm at. Is this even doable? And what they said to me was, okay, well, here are your like a whole package of guidelines. This is what you need to do. You need to create a curriculum, a coaching curriculum that up, you know, follows these standards. And you need to take five students through an entire year long curriculum with you. And then you have to submit that as your application. And, you know, and they review all the, the calls and the mentorship and the curriculum and the workbooks and all the things. And so I said, okay, so that's like, okay, next step. Next step is just like one st- one foot in front of the other. Um, I reached out to my community and I said, hey, I'm going to launch this little thing <laughs> where I'm going to 
train a group of people. There is no guarantees at the end of this that anyone will be accredited. Um, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm looking for five people who want to come train with me for a year. And within 48 hours, 22 women signed up, <laughs> including you. <laughs> within 48 hours, everything changed. Mm. Remember that pivot I was telling you earlier that I was like, no, I'm not. It was like a, in a weekend, my whole business pivoted mm. because now I had 22 <laughs> humans that were relying on me mm. <laughs> to train them. And I poured my everything into this. Every ounce of me. It was like I was like gifted with this thing, this like mission that the, that life was like, you need to go do this. And I was like, okay, I will do this to the best of my ability. Mm. And I will like meet this challenge. That's like the empire builder part of me, you know, um, that almost, that nearly like burnt out the other part of me one too many times, but we found some balance since mm -hmm. then. Um, and that's how it was born. And I remember a moment, Michelle, in that very first cohort, it didn't hit me right away, but there was a moment in our training where I realized that how we were going, that, that 1 million lives, how those 1 million lives would be impacted. It wasn't standing on stages or writing books yet. Maybe that's to come. I don't know. I have no attachments towards that. But it was through training coaches. It was through you. It was through our students. It was through, it was through the change that we were making collectively. It was each human that was coming through the Mind Rebel Academy and having these inner transformations and, and coming home to themselves and discovering who they are and learning skills, learning coaching skills that are so transformative to be able to hold space for others to do the same. These, the, it was like, this is it. Mm. And it wasn't part of the plan. Mm -mm. It, wasn't the, it wasn't in the vision. But had I been so rigid, I would have missed the whispers. I would have, I would have missed it. And then this wouldn't be. Mm. Yeah. I remember that moment, by the way. I remember when you had that realization and it was like, oh, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. I touch these humans, these humans, touch these humans. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And um, it's like, this is a co-creative dance, isn't it? It's not just whatever, whatever people believe in. I don't know. It's, there's some kind of wisdom of life that is, I think, moving, is trying to speak to each of us mm -hmm. and is moving through each of us. And when we tap into the deepest yearnings of our soul, and that moves beyond the surface level ego wants of our mind, like when we move into, like, for example, an ego want of my mind might have been become a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. But like what's beneath that, what's the deeper yearning beneath that is impact a million lives or imp not even a million, but like impact. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to do something. I want to leave a legacy. I want to impact. I want to, I want to express myself in that way. I want to, I have something to share. Like that's like the yearn 
Mm. That's like, I think that's how life speaks to us. It's how it pulls us. And when we get to the root of our surface level wants and we go deeper and get to the yearn underneath it, mm-hmm. that's our soul, our, our, our inner knowing or whatever. That's, that's how it speaks to us. That's how it pulls us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, so I've had the experience, and I think a lot of people have had the experience of sitting back and like looking at you and hearing how you're able to find this bull dreams held loosely. Yeah. And this part you just described, it's like, wow. And I hear like the vision and also like a deep commitment to Oh, and it's tough. I'm still mm-hmm. listening. Um, what were the things? Okay, so you're like, I'm so committed to holding loosely. But like sometimes I'm sure there was times where you were like, Ooh. Yeah. What were the hardest things to like, mm. like mm. let go of? Like what were like the most tempting, challenging things that? Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? You know the vision that comes to mind of what is in between where we are today to where we want to be is like all the shit in between. Mm. All of our limiting beliefs, all of our old ways of being, that's what stands in between. Mm -hmm. So the gap from here to there represented a lot of stuff being mirrored to me. Mm-hmm. And for me, those things were, well, you know, entrepreneurship has been one of the greatest, it was a huge part of this vision, right, for me. And it's not for everybody. And I know you're, we're going to talk about yours in a minute <laughs> because you, yours, yours is really around romantic, like your visions have been around romantic relationship. But mine was really around creating entrepreneurship and um and vocation. And so the gap for me was, oh, all sorts of limiting beliefs around my capabilities, around my ability to um, make money, around my, like my limiting beliefs around money, around, I mean, for me, it's like, that some of the decisions that I have made have been this for some people might not look scary (laughs) but when I like when I left the corporate work when I was making the choice when I was drawing that line in the sand around that 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 boardroom table it felt like it truly felt like I was endangering my family it felt the, like the most selfish, self-centered thing I could possibly want for my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to, the, like to get to that point, I used to, I remember this so, I will never forget these visions. I used to, my kids were so little, they were, they were you know, one and two. And I would put them to bed at night. And then, you know, after they were sleeping, I would just like sneak into both of their rooms like one after the other. And I would just stare at them sleeping so safely and so peacefully. And there was a part of me that was like, I'm giving them this really safe, peaceful, loving life. And what my heart yearned for 
felt like it was endangering that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because the world of entrepreneurship, there's no benefits. There's no, there's no, there's no safety net. There's no uh, pension. <laughs> there's no, there's no nothing, right? There's no, there's no guarantee that you're going to make money next month. There's mm-hmm. no none of that, and it, it felt really scary. So much so that I would, I would be bawling my eyes out just watching them sleep and thinking like maybe my purpose in this lifetime was not to follow my deepest yearnings. Maybe it was to just give them the safest life and like, and like build them up so that they could be the ones to fulfill that. Like maybe that was my mission. Maybe that was my purpose so that they could be the ones to be freed, to follow their dreams unapologetically. And, and it, th- this internal battle was excruciating inside. It was excruciating. And I think about how easily <laughs> my rebel mind could have taken over and, oh, and how long it did actually take mm-hmm. over and keep my dreams very small. Um, but it wasn't until I realized that if I am going to raise these brave humans who I want more than anything in this world, I want them to follow their yearnings. I don't care what the hell they want to do. I want them to access the part of themselves, like the truest part of themselves and let that be their guide. And I want to nurture that. And I want to build that inside of them and I realize that if I'm going to do that for them I have to show them how it's done I have to show them what it looks like and so they are my fire Mm. that that impassioned part of the vision is them they're the reason I was able to do it Mm. they were also the biggest fear Mm. you know Mm mm-hmm yeah, what's really funny is um, in a with a completely different dream, I think my children were my line in the sand also. Mm. Just thinking like, they're going to watch me. They're going to soak in everything I do. They're going to soak in how I'm treated. They're going to soak in. They're going to soak it all in. And I'm imprinting them right now. And like, I choose I can choose how I imprint them, not in the entire world, like, you know, the world happens, but like, so my kids for me were yeah. also, what was, and, and since then, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like, it's, it feels like it's transitioned from what I want for them to, wait a minute, mm-hmm. it's actually mostly, totally. I, wait, I get to be my reason. Um, was there a moment for you where, I don't know, like, was there like a tipping point either from, mm. you know, like your kids to like, like just, I don't know. Like, yeah. 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 Although I'm not sure I'm conscious of when that happened, mm. but I think you've, you're really onto something. Um, it's like, who, who do I, like, who do I love more than myself? Those two little humans. Mm. Who would I like die for, do anything for? It's those two humans. They, they had to be my why to 
get me, get me over that tipping point. But then somewhere along the way, I became my why. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That, that dynamic is not actually not true for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Whenever I, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel very much, and maybe it's, you know, it, maybe it's evidence. I think, I think now I have built so much evidence in my very analytical, logical mind that loves evidence. I've built so much evidence that this works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I follow my deepest knowings and when I take aligned steps forward, one foot in front of the other, and when I refuse to betray myself, (laughs) I refuse to betray myself and I stay in this energy of held loosely mm-hmm. and anytime I'm, I'm like gripping and off into the detoured route which happens all the time I'm just like very committed to coming back on to the route and, and surrendering um I know like I know like I know that this works mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel dangerous anymore it feels yeah. like the only way to live yeah it feels thrilling. It feels <laughs> safe, actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so now with this sense of safety, I think I've like released myself of some of those fears that now this gets to be about me. This gets to be about my full expression. Mm-hmm. And I see how that's impacted my kids. I see how that frees them to be their fullest selves. And it's... Yeah, it's 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 very self-centered now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Was there a tipping point for you? Hmm. There's not one exact moment sticking out in my mind, but for me, some of the for you it was entrepreneurship. Yeah. It was like this vocation. It was the impact of lives in this way. For me, my boldest dreams have been about love and relationship and also love and acceptance for myself and just like the general kind of life that I want. So this combination of like love, relationship, and like the simplest life that Mm -hmm. like I've yearned for since I remember a conversation when I was four years old with my mother about like the kind of life I wanted and I knew, but seemed impossible. So I think there was a certain point where, okay, I decided to draw a line in the sand and embark on this journey towards this vision because I looked, especially at my daughter, Mm -hmm. I looked at her. I think I, one of my children, I think was even in a high chair. They're eating, we're in the kitchen some dynamic was happening in my house and I looked over at one of my children and thought like you are watching this okay no this is like you can't this isn't this is not how you're gonna see me lying in the sand and at a certain point as I'm like moving towards the vision I think a similar thing happened where I was like, am I self? Okay, I've, I've, I've left a situation that wasn't healthy and I'm like, I'm heading towards these visions that, that I want. 
but I doubted. Um, I doubted. Um, I doubted the purity of my own desires. Mm-hmm. Like, am I really selfish for wanting this? Is my responsibility to? Should I maybe just focus on being a mother? Should, um, you know, so there's a lot of things around love. Should I wait till they're grown up and <laughs> like have <laughs> date and find love then? Should I? And then so I think there was a struggle for a while, but maybe like a half-hearted struggle because like nothing was going to stop me. So it was just like I felt guilty for a while as I kept moving forward towards what I wanted. And... I think at a certain point, I had to really consciously choose um, not me over them, but like trust that even if in the meantime, it even does like on the surface negatively like impact them in some way that like if they are going to honor themselves, like if they're going to put themselves first with their kids, then I have to put myself first with my kids. Like I actually had to put myself in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to do that really consciously for a while. And probably I had this like loop of like really wanting to believe if I honor myself, that's what will translate into them honoring them. And even when they would reflect back something, like some emotions about our like, Uh, a separation and moving and um, me having new relationships. I had to remind myself over and over and anchor so deeply into, I do deserve this. It's going to bring good things. I do deserve this. I can trust myself. I can trust my desires. Yeah. So I think I had to really consciously put myself above them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just like trust at the end of the day, like wasn't going to compromise them to put myself above them, but that more could overflow to them by putting myself above them. Yeah. And isn't that still true? Like, and not just for our kids, but for anyone in our lives. Yeah. As we follow this path. Yeah. I think that's like, like a key ingredient Yes. Um, Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about your, like, you started to kind of dabble into. Yeah. You have a beautiful story of your vision and your path to get there. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd love to. I like love. Ugh. Okay, so there's one thing that I I know I've like shared with you before and. Mm -hmm. I think it might even be in a practitioner training. I think, you know how some people say, um, when you you can have all these like wants and dreams and when you get them, you enjoy them for a bit. And then it kind of like Mm -hmm. the the excitement fades or like it, it doesn't like the happiness doesn't last. You can't always be chasing new things. What I realized is, is that that's probably true for all the superficial things that you think you really want. But like the, deepest desires the deepest intrinsic desires the one that like you act the ones that actually like you have to be brave to embrace the truth of I actually want this Mm -hmm. when those things come into your life they don't get old the happiness doesn't fade the like awe and wonder and magic of it like I 
don't take it for granted. Like it's like the 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 gratitude, the awe, the wonder is enduring. Like it's it's still here. Um I <laughs> I have always been so sensitive and um my parents are like so lovely and I think I got to experience this like what it feels like to be like really loved and really held and really free and really honored and really like like just this I think Glennon Doyle says like she feels held and free and when I heard that I was like yes I like to be held and free and so as I started like growing up and imagining what I wanted for my life I imagined this love that was so perfect where I was like so safe and so held and just like free and it was like deeply satisfying and just like 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 a princess but not a spoiled princess but just like a just like I had this beautiful vision and I was like this is what I want and all my relationships were like oh, this, this doesn't feel like that. Um, but for a very long time, I interpreted that as like a lot of self-doubt of like, oh, do I ask too much? Well, maybe I ask too much. Oh, I'm too sensitive. People are telling me I'm too sensitive. Oh, um, that's unrealistic. Like, or it's about compromise or like, oh, understand, try harder. And so it was like for many, 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 many years, I tried to be more accommodating, more understanding, like put a magnifying glass on myself to a fault where I try to like, like really fix any little, okay, I didn't show up perfectly loving and understanding there. Okay. So I must be contributing negatively. And if I can just, if I can just show up in like the most love and my like most perfect self and this like other person can meet me in this vision. Um, but the more I tried that way, the, the like, worse things got. <laughs> I was like, so is that you gripping? That is was that me, your the trying is for me is the gripping. Yeah, like the trying so hard. So it's yeah. like I've got this bold dream that's mm-hmm. like oh, people say it's not possible, but I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like in my heart, and I don't want it. And the idea of giving up on that made me really sad. Like the thought of like if I couldn't have that, yeah. it was like. Oh, like that'd be really sad if that was true, that I couldn't have it. And so um, the, for me, it was like the part that I had to let go of is like where that was going to happen and with who that was going to happen. I just like, I knew, I knew this bold dream was true, but I would try to like force it into manifestation with like the person I'm with. Okay, there's a connection. Okay, I know this dream is true. So it's like, God, happen here with this person I love. <laughs> I'll try harder. I'll be better. I'll like, horrible, <laughs> right. horrible, horribly unhealthy behaviors, like codependency and all sorts of like horrible stuff. And, um, and it was really hard for me, the like how loosely part, it was really hard for me to let go of those people in order to trust it like it's just I was clinging to this person it's the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong person doesn't mean the dream it felt like if I let go of that person I was letting go of my dream and it felt blah, 
huh. And, and so letting go of that person to create a, like a blank slate in hopes that like, okay, my dream can like come in. That was very challenging every time. Mm-hmm. Like, like painful. Like I wanted to like die inside. And so um, the key for me, one of the keys for me was actually my bar was like way too low. Mm-hmm. It was like, this was my dream. But somewhere over time, maybe like I had started to like dim it down a little bit and just be like, okay, well, I just want like love. Well, okay, just it's okay. And what it really took for me was reconnecting back to like, actually, what I want isn't like this. It's okay. What I actually want is that. And I had to like admit to myself how high of a bar I actually really wanted. I had to admit to myself like the things I really craved. I want like an exceptional level of this. I want an exceptional level of that. I want it to, I want it to feel like, I want it to feel like a vision. And so um, for me, the hardest thing in the entire world was to keep the loosely. So when yeah. like people, so I had to learn to like say no to things that weren't my vision. And like, that was a part of like the loosely for me. So things would come in and I'd be like, don't grip it. Just like, keep your hands open. Don't grip it. Don't get attached. See, does it match? Be really honest. No. (sighs) Okay. No. (laughs) Stay open. And then it's like the universe had to like have me commit to that a few times, a few like, and every time it would come a little bit better, still not my vision. No. And I had to trust that like, I'm not being unreasonable with a wild, bold dream. Um, And to say no to things that were really good, to say no to people who were really good, but not that. And so um, I wrote out, which you've read, I don't, I don't have it here, but I wrote out a part of my vision statement really explicitly about what I want the vision of this love to look like and I couldn't even say it out loud at first because mm-hmm. it was like <laughs> it was so big and beautiful and, and bold then, and yeah and then I had to like add another paragraph that was even more like oh, I'm saying I want this anyway after like writing it saying it out loud saying no to anything that didn't match that to trusting entirely in a vision that to some people some people thought it was so extreme mm-hmm. but just like steadfastly staying committed to that it came he came and it's like and like and it's even better than I thought it would be it's different than I thought it was going to be right and it's better than I thought it was going to be and it has changed everything you mentioned like evidence and like for me it's like it proved the biggest question of my entire life and the question was like mostly about like myself and and my worthiness and my deservingness and my like desires and like the worthiness and purity of my desires even when no one else recognizes them or thinks they're extreme it's like it proved to me that like oh I'm actually good and and worthy and my feelings and my desires they they're good and they can happen because there's nothing bad about them. Like, they're true. They're good. And it proved, that proved something to me. And I think it changed me deeply. Because like you know now, now, now I know. Like, if it's true here, and if it's true here, like, oh, 
what else is possible then? Yeah. What else? Like, everything. Yeah. Everything that I want is actually possible. Okay, I have so many thoughts screaming <laughs> in at once, it's hard to pick one. I don't know about you, Michelle. One thing I've noticed about my dream, because it's a living, it's like a breathing entity, mm. the vision. One thing I've noticed is that the vision's becoming simpler. It's almost like the big pieces are here. Mm-hmm. You know, for in, in my vision, the vocation is here. The community is here. The relationships is here. The, the marriage, the family, all that. It's like the big 15 years of like, you know, creating the vision. It's here. And now all of a sudden the vision is becoming simpler. It's like, it's more about like the precious moments. It's more about the time spent with loved ones, the spaciousness, the freedom. It's more, it's, be, it's changing a little bit. Like the mm-hmm. energy of it, it feels like it's changing. Mm-hmm. Is that true for you too? hundred percent. Yeah. I like, <laughs> you're, live, you're here, you arrived. <laughs> I live in the most beautiful place. I have like, like this like love and relationship that is like too good to be true almost (laughs) this is like we're like working right now yeah (laughs) this this is part of my vocation are you kidding me we get to have these conversations like these connections these um and through all of it very selfishly I continue to grow in a way that brings me closer to myself like all the all the boxes are checked and and now there's a yearning for um i think connection with my true self and like like the connection with my true self and like the energies that really feel good on it on a deeper level in more moments and spaces yeah. of the day agreed and and also um you know it's like now i'm going from this place of like okay, we capture these, like, there's these, like, beautiful, like, moments at times. And I'm like, oh. but then sometimes there's new areas to grow and life throws you a curveball. And, and, and it's not about, like, life not throwing curveballs. Like, I, I think life's going to keep throwing us these curveballs and these new ways to grow. But it's also about learning how to move through these ups and downs in a way where I don't, like, lose myself for as long. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate. You know, like, this is my authentic self. I know it. I feel her. But to be her more hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to one of the pieces of the bold dreams held loosely that I, that I wrote, um, become, embody, arrive despite current circumstances. Mm. That truly has been the quickest way to close the gap from where we are today to where we want to be in that vision is to who is that version of me in the vision who is you know for me when I was when I was when when before when I was sitting in that meeting room it was like who is the version of me that is a wildly successful entrepreneur Mm -hmm. who's the version of me that is able to fully self-express in her vocation all day long like who Mm -hmm. who is that version of me and 
and and then and then show up as her today despite the fact that you don't have that I didn't have the successful business that I didn't have the full thriving roster of clients it was like how can I bring that energy into my day today where are the outlets you know so for me it was every opportunity I had to go for coffee (laughs) with a colleague who I like had a soul connection with it was like the highlight of my entire day was like, tell me everything. <laughs> How are you feeling? And it would just, I would just ooze with joy, mm. you know, or it was, it was found in like these micro moments that, that slowly became bigger and bigger and bigger and arriving in, you know how I know a dream is just around the corner. I know a dream is just around the corner to like actual like coming into my reality when I am her. Mm-hmm. I've arrived. I am her for more and more minutes of my day. The the version of me that it lives there. Mm. I've arrived. And you know, and that swaying, you know, you're talking about like being easily swayed um when life throws you curveballs so that's something i'm inside of right now of i'm i'm realizing that wow what would have derailed me last year with these curveballs coming at me today as an entrepreneur i am like i'm okay i'm like i'm standing firm i'm rooted i'm not wavering i'm good i'm solid i'm still on the path and then i'm like oh my god it means that means something big is coming. Mm. Something is happening and I can feel it. I can feel it. And I and and where that brings me is my favorite place to be ever, which is in this place of receivership to experience awe and wonder. My two favorite emotions. Mm. I think they might be the same emotion, but you get the picture, yeah. right? This experience of awe and wonder of how life is about to unfold and what's coming. And my, again, when I'm out of, when I can break free of my mind's desire to like grip it and know the plan and know every piece of it and hyper control everything, which I can do so freaking well, when I can just sit back and be in this state of like one foot in front of the other, in this state of openness, life gets to bring us the time, like the, it's the divine timing. It's the, it's the, oh, is it this? No, I don't, that's, it's not that. It's the releasing, it's the surrendering, it's the inspired steps forward. It's the trust, it's all of it. And then it's the poof. Mm. And then it's the, the manifestation of it mm. that is that that has brought me to my knees yeah. in joy yeah and like you said it's better than you imagined <laughs> it it's not a fleeting you know it's not a fleeting want of your mind that when you get the job or you get the house or you get the thing that you think you want to make you happy and then the, you know you're left wanting more after that it's not that mm. it's actually the opposite of that it leaves me wanting less. It yeah. means it leaves me just like wanting this, hmm. like more moments of this. Yeah. You know? I do. Can I'm wondering if you could speak to a little bit of the difference between what you just described in like the, what you just described was like, openness mm-hmm. and like being her before the circumstances are here and in trust 
versus something that I don't know if is said out there or is just like interpreted this way about like manifesting something and just being like like the trap of almost trying to like will it like yeah you know I don't do well with willing it yeah willing it is gripping to me mm-hmm. and there's like this sometimes I've caught myself sometimes internally I um I think I'm like being open but it's like a forceful like yeah I'm open I'm showing up as her and I'm actually like willing it but I don't realize it yeah how do you can you like say how you know the difference between those two things well I think that our minds can be tricky our minds can think we're being open and we're on the path and we're making choices and we're doing all the things our minds can be so tricky Uh, we have to do a whole other episode on that Mm. um but our bodies will never lie You know, when I say in that poem or whatever that thing is, that piece of writing is, like, look down at your knuckles. Hmm. Look down, like, feel your body. Are you holding your breath? Are you er in urgency? That's different than inspired action. Are you feeling like, oh, I got to do this thing now? Are you in urgency? Are you feeling in any form of, like, lack? or is the It's the energetic signature behind our actions that matter most. It's the, and, and be careful because fear can be cloaked in all sorts of lovely things like Mm -hmm. love and excitement and passion. But if the energetic signature beneath is anything fear-based or lack-based or urgency or scarcity, you're gripping. Mm -hmm. I'm gripping, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it is a constant check-in. I think in, in, you know, for, for anyone listening to this who, who, if I'm making it sound easy, I'm sorry. (laughs) Really, I don't think I'm doing, I don't think we do anyone a service Mm. if we make this sound easy. Is it doable? Hell yes. Is it easy? I mean, I, I, I have committed almost like most of my waking hours, (laughs) like truly to walking my path and to checking in with myself and like we call that kind of doing the work and like what do I feel inside what what is the energetic signature behind this action or decision what what's true for me here what does my authentic self look like in the vision what what would I what would I let go of or say no to if I was to trust in this vision Mm. that is hard work and not the hard like hustle hard it's like the I have to be with myself I have to make this my number one priority above anything else Mm, you know I do was there so I know you're okay you you, we are like different in a lot of ways and just like on our basic makeup um I'm wondering about like so I I find that it was really hard to get this ball rolling of being able to check in with myself, ask me the que- ask myself mm-hmm. the right questions and then actually trust the answers. Once the ball has gotten rolling, it's like, okay, now I now it's rolling a bit. But for me, one of the hardest parts was even trusting I was asking myself the right 
question. Like, what feels true to me? Or how does my body feel? What does my body know? I doubted that that was even the right question to ask myself. Like, who am I to think that my body knows? Who am I to think that like what matters in this decision, this, this decision or this discernment is my feelings? Like, I don't even know if I can bother asking myself that because maybe that doesn't even matter. And so like, that was like a huge, huge piece of deciding to trust that, yep, that actually is the question. It is about what my body knows and what I want. That was really hard for me to even mm. like, believe that that could be the right road somewhere. Mm-hmm. What's like, and I don't know if it's the same for you, mm-hmm. but like, what's your experience with that? Uh, different, but s- similar in that I trusted the questions I was asking. I trusted the way I was moving through my emotions to get to my truth. When I got to my truth, I trusted that. (laughs) (laughs) But not fully. Mm. And because that, that, whatever that voice was, whatever that knowing was, felt at times terrifying to follow Mm. and felt stretchy and scary and and so but it's like I knew there was this part of me that there was this wise part of me that knew right there was this very wise part of me that was like you can trust that Mm. but then my little mind rebel was like oh my God, but can we really? Is this mm. it, almost like if we just keep taking steps forward here, if we keep trusting, are we going to fall off the cliff? Are we going to, is this just like going to take us off a cliff? And, and is this the time we're going to be crushed mm. by the rocks below? Mm. And so that was, it was the trusting piece of like the actual forward momentum, the actually taking steps forward in alignment with what I knew to be true. Mm. And what has, what is strengthened, because it's still there, like the limiting beliefs, I mean, it's still there. But what is strengthened is that now I have evidence of all the times I have listened, mm. all the steps I have taken in the past that, guess what? Like, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my dreams are here. Mm. I'm like, okay, this actually <laughs> worked. Like, I'm, I'm still like, holy shit. This works, right? you know? Yeah. For the record, I have that fear also, even once I get, I just, I I also, right, on the other side of it as well. (laughs) It's scary to live a life that is totally 100% true to you. Hmm. And that is not prescribed or is not someone telling you, some expert saying, this is the roadmap. This is what you need to do. We've all tried that. I went to university. I did this. I did I did the things I was supposed to do to find happiness and happiness wasn't there. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. Happiness was only when I decided to listen to myself, my mm. truest self. I putting down all the false selves that I thought I was. 
and tapping into the deepest yearnings of my heart and letting that become my North Star. Mm. That's when happiness came. Mm. You know, I know that in a perfect world, we don't wait for other people to give us permission. But in reality, it was you who gave me that permission. Mm. Being coached and being like looked at by you who holds like that belief that what's true inside of me is worth something. Being given that by you and being taught that by you and then being held that in, in like, in, mm. in coaching was what gave me the permission. It's what tipped me over the edge. Mm. It's what made, it gave me the permission to give myself permission. And at the end of the day, I know I have to give it to myself, but like, yeah, it actually was true that I'm like, if coaching is built around this and th- this is what it is and coaching believes that like my feelings and my wisdom and my answers matter, maybe they do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the magic of coaching Mm. in a nutshell. It is. Yeah. Like the the most life-changing, complete, like course-altering thing. Yeah. For me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Michelle, thanks so much for having this conversation with me and for... You know, every time we talk, I talk about this, it reorients me, Mm. reconnects me. It like, even if I ever feel my fists like kind of like going like this, that just this, it makes me go like this. Mm. Same, 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 same. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Me too. Thank you for listening. You can visit us on Instagram or Facebook at the underscore mind underscore rebel underscore academy for more information. Or you can visit our website at www.themindrebel.com to learn more about who we are and our programs. If you liked this episode, we would be so grateful if you shared it with your fellow bold dreamers.